And now the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the main card with your man, the voice, as always, in the opposite corner. My mano mano, my verbal sparring partner, none other than the Iron One, Wildress Ruffin. What's up, Ruff? What's going on, Will? It's uh, it's smoke o'clock, man. We're a little late for smoke o'clock, but it's smoke o'clock, technical difficulties. It's all good, but it's fight night. We getting y'all prepared. I'm here. With the man, the myth, the legend. You see the halo over his head. That's that Bruce Leroy glow. What's poppin', boys? How you feeling today? Oh, man. I am glad to be here. Glad to be talking fights. Um, just been fighting with everything today. Uh, so glad to not be fighting, uh, per se, but to be talking about them. Definitely, definitely. Well, we got some some great things to get into, KOs and low blows. We got some great fights also. Let's just go ahead and get into it. Ain't no need to wait. Now, voice. I saw your Twitter. Canolo versus Ryder. I saw it. Then I saw the feedback from the from the fight fans. Now, as expected, Canelo did defeat John Ryder last Saturday. But it seems that many of his counterparts don't believe that the fighter that many saw as one of the best pound-for-pound fighters still has it. Now, with Canelo possibly setting his sights on B-Ball, Voice, what are your thoughts on the aftermath of that bout and all the feedback that he received after also? I understand why people may be a little down on Canelo. You know, he looked human, which he is, looked human against Bivol. And then he beat a old Triple G. So it's like, okay, yeah, he won, but that, that was an old Triple G. Now you're fighting your mandatory fight. And you're dominant, but you don't get rid of him, which is what most people, present company included, thought would happen and really wanted to happen because I was watching this and the ufc fight at the same time salute to dave and busters uh for hooking that up but i was expecting him to get him out of there it's like okay why, why are you playing around with him get him out of there he dropped him twice why couldn't he get rid of him this doesn't seem like the canelo of old even going back as far or I should say in as recent history as when he fought uh caleb plant he he got he dispatched caleb plant something that david benavidez couldn't do and something that I don't think anyone did before that. But you can't get rid of John Ryder. Uh, so that that has a lot of people saying he may not have it all anymore. And he may, he may not. Uh, he's been fighting for like 20 years now. So things should be, you know, starting to s- slow down a bit. Um, you know, so I it, that that may be the case. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I see how people are or I should say I understand why people are saying the things they're saying for him to say hey I want uh I want to fight Bivol again seems kind of like uh do you really want to do that right now is that who you really want to fight but he's saying I want to fight him again I want to fight him again in 175 that pride that machismo is getting the best of him because he really doesn't need to fight Bivol and Bivol has said, look, I don't want to fight unless it's at um unless it is at um unless it's at 168. That's the only uh time he wants to fight him. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, looks like we may be having more technical difficulties. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Will, Driss, can you give us something? Yeah, I mean, that stuff, it's going to be a big fight either way. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, that I mean, it, it's going to be a huge fight. It's going to be something that I'm definitely looking forward to. And... You know, we, we're going to get it in. Let's go on to the next subject, which is UFC 288. Aljamain Sterling, the most polarized, wasn't not, not even polarized. Most people hate him. Uh, one of the most hated champions in UFC history gives the people more reason to hate on him uh, by winning once again, uh, kind of like with Canelo beating somebody who uh was was on the older side but hey my man triple c really made a good showing of himself being out for as long as he was out and coming in and uh being as competitive as he was was absolutely phenomenal absolutely excellent so i was glad to see him do his thing uh aljo pulled it out which he should have uh if one judge had not given him the fifth round which aljo did not win but had he not done that he wouldn't have won the fight so it all worked out now what's next is um uh the is oh boy what is his name um sean o'malley that's it sugar sean o'malley uh that's who's up next and man that was a uh that was a dumpster fire uh, having him in the cage right after the fight uh uh but marab stole the show by taking his jacket putting on his jacket just standing there like hi hi i got your jacket on i got your jacket on you don't even know i have your jacket on and by the and he climbed up on top of the cage was waving in his jacket just just pumping himself up and by the time he started taking his jacket off then Omega was like, hey, hey you got my jacket i was like dude i'm taking it off calm down you, you uh uh rainbow bright just chill you didn't even know that that i had it and i'm and i'm literally taking it off you you got my check yeah don't you see me taking it off i had some fun i just stood right beside you with it on you big dummy and you didn't see anything so uh that definitely is is adding fuel to the fire for that fight that that's going to be uh, a very interesting fight i'm i don't know that i'm looking forward to the build-up to that fight because i can see things getting really ugly uh but the fight itself should be a good fight and that that's the kind of fight that if aljo is victorious can win him some um win him some fans and then po possibly win over the fans if he defeats him soundly and there's no controversy because that's been the issue many of aljo's wins have had just a hint of controversy they haven't been really clean wins yeah i mean he admitted uh that whole that fifth round that uh that he really didn't come out and do everything that he was supposed to do i think what was interesting was 
after the after the bout, uh, a couple of people was asking uh, Triple C, like, you know, you were the hitman that's supposed to come back. What's next? So I'm interested to see. I mean, he's come out of retirement. He's been training people for the last three years in retirement. So it's not like he hasn't been active. So while we know where Algemon is going, where where does he go next? Where does Triple C go next? Yeah. If he stays around, uh, you see Marab uh, over his coin. I mean, over his uh, uh, shoulder right there. That's really where he should go next. If I can't beat the champ, then let me beat uh, the the champ's uh, 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 next man up. Let me beat the one who he is crowning as the champ once he leaves the division. He should fight Marab. That oh man, yeah that will really show where both of them are if Suhudo can be victorious over Marab then he can probably beat the other 135ers out there and really okay. that could be for like a, a interim title uh at the very least it should be on that same card where uh Aljo fights um Shushan O'Malley Okay. Well, I mean, is that, you know, definitely UFC 288, I think, was what many expected. I know most were expecting Gilbert Burns to come out with, with that win. I, I think I was a little surprised uh, with that. I know that he's actually going to be out indefinitely. And of course, the Jessica uh, Andrade loss, that, that was a complete shocker. Um, so what, what happens with Jessica moving forward? Because most didn't expect for her to take that loss in the way that she did. Man, I don't know what happens with Jessica because she just dropped back down to straw weight from having mixed results at uh, flyweight. I mean, she fought for the title. She lost. You know, now she's coming back down again. You already lost to the champion, Jean Wei Lee. Now you just lost to the person who's going to fight the champion in, in uh, Yan Jalan. I don't know. You, you maybe fight Tatiana Suarez and lose to her too, since she's on her way up, or, or maybe knock her out of the the picture. I, I don't know, but it's just yeah, she's not had a, a good run as of late. That's definitely the interesting thing about UFC. You never know what you're going to get, and like we always say, it only takes one hit to put you on the canvas, and that's it. Uh, it does help when you run into it. <laughs> boys i appreciate you for ko's and low blows now we're going to take a quick ozel break when we come back we got some KSI news for y'all because we know y'all been waiting for that also we're going to get into jenna back getting back into the ring probably not against who you thought that he would uh musasi versus edwards and also my man rosenstruck i don't know why he's my man but his media is always fun for me to watch we'll be right back it's not just about the love of the game. It's about dedication and commitment through the process and the patience to endure. There's joy in reaching your goals and peace in knowing you've done all you're supposed to do. Ozell Brand. It's not just a brand. It's a lifestyle. That Ozell brand. If you ain't got your Ozells yet, I don't know which waiting for. If y'all ain't seen Voices uh video rocking his Ozells and strutting around in the black and blues, you gotta, gotta make sure he sends that to you. Cause Ozell, uh there's some beautiful shoes and the colorways are amazing. Um, so make sure you get your pair of those. Now, 
voice. Let's get into it. I know how you feel about influencer boxing, but the people want to see it and make them go crazy. Now, and what began with Joe Fournier calling out KSI and the Paul brothers for not fighting real boxers, he's now going to get his chance to validate his claims when he'll face the YouTuber turn fighter when he meets KSI this Saturday at Wembley Arena in London, England. Now, Fournier was actually recently a guest on the Jake Paul podcast and stated that what he expects from the bout with KSI. Now, he stated he's just going to have a lot of rounds of just getting beat up like that's my plan. This is what I like, and I'm just going to have a lot of rounds of really hurting you. And, yeah, I hope you cry. I want to see you cry and stall. I don't. I just hope he comes to the fight for real, and I don't know if he'll actually show up. Now. For KSI, who, I mean, depending on how you see it, he is undefeated. He sees this as a major opportunity to not only prove himself, but become the top billing in what is being called, what voice hates, (laughs) influencer boxing. (laughs) Now, he points to Jake Paul's recent loss to Tommy Fury as major pressure. He stated he's he's put a a kind of a, a target on himself to prove himself. He said, when it comes to Jake Paul, obviously, I don't like the guy. So when he lost, you saw me make a video laughing at him, etc. But I know there's a lot of pressure on me now. I put the pressure on myself, especially doing something like that. There's going to be eyes watching. People who love me, people who hate me, they're going to be watching to see if that same outcome happens. And I want to be the person to make sure it doesn't. People forget I'm a YouTuber that just fell in love with boxing and just worked and worked at it. And now here I am fighting a 9 and 0 pro and it's pretty mad how my life has just come together i truly do believe in myself and i had this dog in me that really just not does not want to lose and even if i'm on my back foot even if i'm getting pieced up i'm gonna find something within you to keep going and i'll get and i'll go down on my shield he said i'm not a guy that's just here to play around and be like maybe i lost but i'll make sure i don't get knocked out no nah, i'm here to win now, voice, influence of boxing seems to be something that's growing, and a lot of these fighters are looking to make themselves serious. Would a win by KSI over Fournier raise his credibility in the sport, despite the fact that Fournier has only fought nine bouts, and I believe he literally lost the exhibition to David Hayes recently. Now, as far as raising credibility, yes, it will raise KSI's credibility Number one, he's fighting a real boxer in just a handful of fights, much sooner than uh, the person he is patterning his career after, which is funny because really KSI and Logan are the ones that kicked off this whole influential boxing thing, you know, did it on uh, YouTube and did 10 million. And everybody's like, hey, there's some money to be made here. They did it again the second time on the zone did big numbers for that but jake has you know kind of taken off so you know he he <laughs> he may be on his nate diaz uh salute to nate who's fighting jake uh and had a press conference recently you know but he was like you, you you're trying to take everything i work for now ksi is not only a fighter but a promoter and i think he's had uh, that what you said was good but He's had a little more of his promoter hat on than anything because all he's been talking about is fighting Tommy Fury. 
or fighting Jake Paul. And it's like, dude, you got a for real fighter in front of you. He's undefeated. Not only is he undefeated in boxing, but he's also knocked out everybody that he's ever beaten. The only person that he may not have knocked out was the one fight that was a no contest. But of the nine official fights that he has, he has nine knockouts. You need to be very, very cautious and careful and mindful of the person that's ahead of you. Salute to him for taking on this fight. Because uh, that, that's one thing he's like, you know, I'm, I'm a, I, you know, I'm really trying to go out here and do it. This shows he's going out here and doing it. So I give him a lot of credit for stepping up to the plate like this because, you know, he could have taken much easier touches and kept winning. I mean, his well, I don't know if it was his last fight or fight before last. He fought two people and knocked both of them out. You know, so salute to him for doing this. He, I, I know Fournier has not done a lot in recent history like the last time he fought was two years ago and the majority of his fights are between 2015 and 2016 but he's a real fighter and you facing this real fighter who is preparing for this this is his super bowl this is his title fight that's that's major salute to ksi for taking on the challenge uh we'll see if it pays dividends or not it's definitely going to be interesting because, like you said, whether you like it or not, Fournier is a boxer. And some of that same criticism about Fournier's fights, people had the same thing, said the same thing about Tommy Fury. So with Tommy Fury coming out to win, it, it would bring into question the validity of the influencers. And you stated about him being a promoter. He did actually start, uh, was it the Misfit Boxing Promotion mm-hmm. with the Wasserman uh, Promotion. So um, he's definitely out here doing his thing, trying to show people that he is for real. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, definitely looking forward to it and literally seeing the outcome of it. And, and very interestingly waiting to see what the Paul brothers response is after the bout, because that always sets off fireworks. Well, the, the brothers uh, shouldn't be too much of an issue. You know, KSI is in business with Logan. Uh, they got prime uh, energy drink, which uh, is in the ufc right now that's their official energy drink so i don't think we'll hear too much from logan jake that's another story yeah ksi was also at a uh, wrestlemania they had that huge wrestlemania moment where he jumped off the he jumped off the turnbuckle and ksi was in a prime bottle which was weird uh, but- yeah uh, well another company that their uh their drink is promoted by definitely definitely now Let's move on to Jennebeck, who's returning to the ring finally. Now, since winning that vacant WBO interim middleweight title last May, uh, he's gone from interim champ to being elevated to full champ, uh, his last fight defeating uh, Denzel Bentley by unanimous decision. Now, many wanted to see him next face Liam Smith for that title, but the undefeated Jennebeck is going to be facing Steven Butler. Now you may not know Steven Butler, but he is 32 and three. This is going to be happening Saturday at the Stockton arena in Stockton, California. It's being called by many, uh, a bare middleweight division now with not too many channel challenges available. I mean, if you think about it, Jennebeck has watched multiple title fights, uh, fall apart before the pin even became, even went to paper for Butler. This is the ultimate opportunity that he's been waiting for. He actually enters this fight having won his past four uh, 
But this is only after being knocked out back-to-back in fifth-round losses. So many people feel as though his 32-3 and record is a bit of a bit of a facade. Uh, many feel like the, the bout is a foregone conclusion because if you take a look at the lines, Butler comes in as a very heavy underdog. Yes. But he sees it as a major opportunity. He stated, my goal was always to become world champion. When I fought Ryota uh, Morata, it was the same reason, to be the champion. I need to beat this guy, and I got no choice but to accept the fight and go for it. Now, many are hoping that after this bout, the middleweight division can possibly pick up and we can see Genebeck fight some of the big fighters that they were hoping to see. Now, voice, the middleweight division seems bare, uh, so to speak, from people vacating titles to people moving on and moving up and moving down. Even uh, Butler had to make a move uh, to, to this division in order for this fight to take place. What are your thoughts on the current state of the middleweight division? And what, who do you really want to see Genebeck fight next? As far as the current state of the middleweight division, we're looking at it. The, the state of the middleweight division is Janabek and whoever Janabek is fighting because he is the only one really out here in the middleweight division that's fighting. Triple G, vacated belts. Charlo, God only knows when he's going to fight. He, he hurt his pinky toe. And and doesn't fight. Or he, he somebody hurt his feelings and he doesn't fight. Um, Andra, that would have been a great fight. Boo boo Andra. Oh, I was when I when he fought for the interim title, Janabek. I was like, oh, him versus Boo Boo, that'd be great because Boo Boo's been trying to get a fight for a long time. Then he vacates and moves on. It's like, oh, you know, who do you have? There was even a title fight made for uh, them, and that didn't come through. But there was also a title fight made. Uh, with or being made with Jaime Munguia, and that fell through. So Janabek is the future and the present of the division because he's the only one that's fighting. So it's him and whoever he's fighting. Uh, now, as far as Butler is concerned, I salute him for, for doing everything that he's done, and he believes he has a puncher's chance, which he does. With knocking out 72% of the people that he's fought, the Canadian definitely has a puncher's chance. He believes that with this power, he can take out anyone. So uh, salute to him, kudos, and, you know, glad that he's in here uh, making this fight. He's a risk taker. You know, he's like, I don't understand why all these people are so concerned about their O's and concerned about losing. Fight. And uh, even though being a professional fighter, you have to have a certain kind of mentality that most people don't have at least in today's age of boxing most of them are extremely risk averse when it comes to testing themselves which is at the core of martial arts i want to test my skills against the very best to see who's the best and may the best man win not may the man keep their uh record undefeated but may the best man win now what's interesting you made some really great points even when butler got the offer 
no one actually was fully ready to accept it until he actually moved within the top 15. And I think it took him those four fights to actually get there. Now, we always talk about everyone having a, a puncher's chance. And, you know, of course, you have the, the Rocky thought process. But I guess my question to you is, why have so many of these major fights in the middleweight division fallen apart like they have? I mean, is it what is it? Is it more with Genebex people or is it something with... Uh, the middleweight division as a whole that's causing these issues. The issue that the middleweight division has is the same issue that boxing as a whole has. Everyone is so protective of their records. You know, they, they won't take a fight if they don't think they can win. That's really the issue is that the best don't fight the best because the best are too busy fighting other people trying to maintain this aura of invincibility, uh, this aura of not being able to be beat. But we don't know whether or not what you're portraying is true because you won't fight anybody for us to find that out. This is why a part of the reason why Tank and Ryan did so well, because finally we had two people that we wouldn't see fight fighting each other two popular people actually fighting each other in the ring instead of fighting on social media you you definitely you're definitely right there and it did numbers so it, it'll be interesting to see moving forward because i want to see the days of boxing where i was looking forward to seeing the top fighters in every division constantly go at it no fear i personally feel like social media and the media as a whole has also played into this because now people fear embarrassment but you're getting then into the ring every time with the possibility that one punch is going to be it so um Shout out to Butler for getting into the ring. Janibek is undefeated uh, with eight of those wins actually coming by knockout. He's only fought 13 times professionally, so that'll be interesting. Now, moving on to Bellator. When Gegard Mousasi meets Fabian Edwards in the middleweight title eliminator at Bellator Paris on May 12th, Fabian stated he is looking to fight the most flawless bout of his life at the expense of Dreamcatcher. Now, after hearing Gegard state that Edwards' ground game is a weakness, Fabian not only is looking to expose his opponent, but in his words, he wants to dominate him and most likely by stoppage. He stated first, it makes me think he knows his, his, my striking is better than his. He knows in that area I'm the cleaner striker, and he will see. After the fight, I'll ask him, how did that feel? Are you impressed? I'll ask him all these questions, and I'll look forward to seeing his answers to it. I only see myself stopping him or see myself five rounds of just a clean performance from outmaneuvering and outstriking him and just going away with my hand raised coming out of the fight clean. Now, if you had a chance to see Gagard talk about Fabian, he hasn't spoken highly of Edwards, and he's even called his, his footwork everything from sloppy to just a plain mess. Now, he comes into this eliminator with one goal in mind, and that's making one last run at the world title, and Fabian his, is his first test. Uh, when asked about possible retirement, he said, that I only want to try one more time. If I beat him, I'm going to fight for the belt, and that's going to be it probably. But I'm not looking too far ahead, and nowadays... I don't look much farther than one fight ahead because I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I could get a serious injury. 
I could lose and lose the desire. So at this moment, I don't think about it. So I want to go in one more time because I think that the Johnny Eblen bout, I didn't fight the way that I should have. I have four fights on my contract, but at the end of this year, that contract will expire and I'll probably get an extension or something or walk away. Voice, both of these fighters are literally coming into this with different mindsets. It seems like Fabian is looking to destroy uh, Gegard and Gegard is literally looking to go out on top. What are your thoughts on this bout and what are your thoughts on literally the back and forth and, and how they see each other? Is it possible that what Fabian is saying is true and that Gegard is possibly making himself a weakness by exposing his thoughts on this? I mean, it's always, there's always a potential for danger when you share what your, uh, your game plan is. Because now the person that you're game planning against knows what's coming. However, if Fabian Edwards didn't know that Gagar was going to try to take him down, shame on him. It is, it's known that Fabian's strength is his striking. That that is a well-documented thing. And let's not forget, Fabian has lost twice wants to uh title challenger austin vanderford what's his strength wrestling who else did he lose to costello van stennis who's that gagar's protege so it's not like they haven't game planned for this guy before you know again if he thought oh you know well you know you saying you're gonna get it to the ground you know that that that's weak it's not weak that's actually gangster if i tell you how I'm going to beat you and I come in and I execute that and you can't stop me. Come on. So to me, it sounds more like uh, Fabian saying things to kind of pump himself up because for real, that that's gangster. Uh, if you tell somebody like uh, Algermain said regarding, uh, uh, I want to call him rainbow bright, but that's not nice. Um, but I can't think of his name. Sean O'Malley, Sean O'Malley. You know, he said, look, I'm going I'm a wrestler. I'm going to backpack him and get him to the ground. And that's how I'm going to beat him. OK, now, now you know what I'm going to do. Stop me. That That is the name of the fight game. This is my approach. Stop me. You, you bad enough to do it? Show me. That's the essence of martial arts. So for Gagar to say it, that's great. And Gagar is being really, really honest. Both of them, I think, are being honest. Uh, in their their opinions of each other and their thoughts regarding the fight as a whole. Gegard is 38. He's been fighting for 20 years, like exactly 20 years. This is his first fight since losing the title almost a year ago. That's a while off. And he seemingly got old overnight in that fight against Evelyn. Talked about how long he's been fighting. This is his 60th fight. This fight will be the 60th time that he has entered the, the, the ring, the cage, the fighting arena to apply his skills. He's still uh, number 10 in Bellator's pound for pound, though. So this really is going to be it for him. Will he go out with a roar or a whimper? He wants to roar. He, he wants uh, Evelyn again, you know, where... You know, we've already talked about Edwards. Edwards, uh, one of his greatest claims to fame is that 
Leon is his brother. But if he wants to hold gold the way that his brother's holding gold, then he's got to be one of the best ever at this weight class. Let's not sleep on Gegard's legend. This man has won the title in every single uh, organization he's been in with the exception of the UFC. And he would have won that title if he had stayed around a little bit longer. I'm in watching a lot of the media rounds, it seems like Gegard was really taken aback by that loss to Evelyn, which uh if it, it, it like you say, it feels like maybe he did get old. Maybe he uh maybe it took a lot out of him in, in the end. But I feel like it's one of those things where like he's on a revenge tour and Johnny is the last stop. So that'll be mm-hmm. uh interesting to see. Now his last five, he's literally four and one with that lone loss coming to Johnny uh at Bellasaur two eighty two. So that'll be interesting. Um back to Crispy's uh Yeah, let let's 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 uh entertain Crispy. The world heavyweight Go ahead. I'm disappointed, Chris, because I thought Damian Priest should have gotten the opportunity after his bout with Bad Bunny. Um, But now I'm interested to see how it plays out. Cody Rhodes is out. So it'll be interesting to see. um, Hold hold on. Let let me share. Let let me share who I think is going to win. Saudi Arabia and the fans. That's who's going to win. Because Saudi Arabia is making their money. The fans are uh, enjoying the bout. Uh, they're enjoying everything. That's who's going to win. Whoever actually walks out with the belt, it, I mean, it matters to them because it, it does impact their money. But, I mean, come on. This is... I feel like scripted. you're only saying that because you're not familiar with anybody in the belt, but that's okay. I got my... I'm not. I don't... I, I have no idea who's wrestling. I don't care. It's wrestling. It's just like, ooh, I wonder how uh, the, 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 the newest... Uh, Spider-Man movie's going to turn out. I look forward to seeing it. I know Spider-Man's going to win. So there's not really... But you don't know Spider-Man's going to win. I, okay, you're right. I don't know if he's going to win. If he loses, though, then that means the next movie that they make is going to be even greater because then he's going to have to overcome that loss and win. Not really, because sometimes heroes just die, voice. Uh, that they do, but they only die winning. A voice, your argument Tony is... Tony Stark would snap. <laughs> Don't keep coming after my professional wrestling voice, okay? Hey, uh, t- talk to, to uh, talk to your mans. Every and time you bring in wrestling, yeah, it is real. I, I didn't say it was real. I said Listen, it's scripted. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move we're gonna move into the next bout, which is by the UFC, which is also owned by the same company who owns WWE. So technically, they're one and the same. No, now. On May 13th at the Spectrum Center in Charlotte, two major heavyweights are going to be coming together to meet for top billing. Literally, my favorite name in professional uh, what Fight. combat sports. Mm-hmm. Biggie Boy, my man Rosenstruck, is going to be meeting rising star Almeida. Uh, and if Biggie has his way, that star is going to be faded when he's finished. Now, Alameda is undefeated in UFC and has not taken a professional loss overall since the 2018 decision uh, defeat. Now, Biggie Boy recently stated, we have two different styles, but we're going to leave that for May 13th. It's definitely going to be a good one. I think if you're finishing, guys, it's something big and it's promising. But now, you got to face me. 
And I'm a different type of guy than all the other guys he's faced. I think this is a big test for him. I got nothing to show him but put him away and make sure I'm looking forward. I heard some of his interviews and some of the things that he said, and he thinks he's going to be that kind of, it's going to be kind of easy. And I don't know about that, but I'm training hard and I'll definitely be ready. Now, since running off uh, knockouts in his first four major bouts in UFC, uh, Biggie Boy has leveled off majorly, having gone three and three or four actually in his last seven, with two of those losses coming by knockout. Almeida, meanwhile, is a winner of 13 straight with each win coming by submission or TKO. So a win by Biggie could be big for his confidence and future ranking implications. So, Voice, I want to get your thoughts on the statements that Biggie Boy made as far as him being different and them coming into it and his plans literally to knock the star out that Alameda is. Now, as far as uh, Rosenstroik being different, he is different because no two people are alike. I'll say, and uh, if you rewind things, you'll see me smirk when uh, he said, you know, I'm I'm not like everybody uh, that you've been in there with. And it made me think of um, the real world. I forget what season it was. An old boy's name, but he had that song where he uh, remade one of Frank Sinatra songs and, and was like, come and be my baby tonight instead of look being a lady tonight. Uh, I, and say, I'm nothing like all them other thugs you've been with. Come and be my baby tonight. It's like, number one, you are not a thug. And number two, this is the dumbest song in the world and when you say i'm nothing like the other guys you know you've been in there with i was thinking yeah i'm nothing like all them other thugs you've been with so it's whatever um I, let me say this though about rose destroy let me put some respect on his name because the man is a beast uh he talked about their different styles and that almeida is more of a ground specialist and a submission guy i mean even the wins that he's had in the ufc uh, they've all been by stoppage. Like of his 18 wins overall, uh, all of them have been by stoppage. If, if he's won, it's been because he stopped him. Most of them been by submission, 11, and then seven of them being by KO, two of which being in his UFC run uh, where they were ground and pound stoppages. So again, even when he's knocking you out, he's knocking you out in a position where you're down on the ground so yeah he's going to be looking to take him down Rosenstroit, who uh is a kickboxer that is his martial art that's what he started doing first before he started doing mixed martial arts obviously he wants to keep it standing and uh, and use his skills there you know striking with almeida it's it's going to be really interesting because Rosenstroik. Is really fighting for his UFC career. He's two and three in his last five fights. And, you know, if he loses here, that's going to make it kind of difficult. Now, granted, the UFC is looking to hold on to as many uh, heavyweights as they can because uh, any notable heavyweight that they let go is a possible opponent for Francis Ngannou. So there's a, a long game that they're playing uh, there as well. And Rosenstroik though again losing to the last three he can still headline your your fight night card which is something that they need and, and so 
he's really at a crossroads here though uh, as a gatekeeper uh and almeida we're gonna find out if he's for real yes you've done all these wonderful things but now you're going in there with someone you know who's been in with the likes of francis and Gato, has been in with you know your serial guns and and your other notable fighters how are you going to do yeah you you're employing a ground game i told you rosenstroik is from att you know who one of his main coaches is mola wall whose background is wrestling now, i don't know how this was gonna work out oh ooh. i don't know if mo's gonna be there or where he's gonna be because oh, yeah yeah no no he's fine he's fine i was thinking he also is in evelyn's corner evelyn is in pairs but evelyn ain't fighting so he'll be okay um yeah so rosenstroik knows how to defend takedowns but how good is he at doing it he's got the right people in his camp to help him with it but that's really going to be tested it's going to be a grappler versus striker and we will see whose game reigns supreme when the pin locks i mean the pin drops the cage door locks the thumbs go up and they start the clock yeah you made a great point um i think many people are seeing this as a afterthought for our meeting but people forget um, Biggie is no slouch. He actually still holds the record for second fastest knockout in the heavyweight division, uh, which he did against Alan Crowder. Now, the one thing that, that we do need to talk about is that Almeida has not faced a canvas since 2017, and that was in his fourth professional fight. And that's the only time in his career he's ever touched the canvas. So it's going to be interesting to see, because like you said, I mean, he's fighting for his UFC career at this point, uh, having gone uh, three or four in his last fight, in his last seven, uh, with two of those being knockouts. So that's definitely going to be a, a great bout. Uh, make Let's sure that I forget you... this uh, about Biggie Boy, too. All but one of his wins have come by knockout. So it, it, it's going to be a substantial challenge for Almeida and possibly the saving grace of biggie boy definitely definitely that gives you something to look forward to this weekend we've gotten you prepared for the biggest bouts uh this weekend make sure that you also tune into twitter and follow my man the voice because you know uh he's gonna give you everything he got and every thought whether it's respectful or disrespectful or what he Not also scores a lot of those bouts also so that's that's gonna be great this weekend uh we appreciate you all thank you again for tuning in the main card every tuesday 7 15 p.m eastern standard time is smoke o'clock mtmv sports we are you we are the fans we do the work we got everything that you're looking for basketball football uh even po some pop culture uh if, if you get a chance to tune in and catch some of what we're talking about please make sure that you like share and subscribe uh make sure that you also check us out on all of your favorite podcasts uh voice give us your last word sir on that card in paris you also have the quarterfinals for the lightweight grand prix with bellator and they did the right thing they brought in former champ brent premise to fight against barnaby that is going to be a really really good fight if we had time that would have been a voices marquee matchup because premise is a former champ knows how to fight is looking to reclaim that title 
and Barnaby, they're fighting in France, the place where he's from. And he has looked really, really promising uh, for Bellator in the lightweight division. So that's going to be a phenomenal fight to uh, keep your eyes on. Also on that uh, Janabek Butler card, Robinson Conceição is going to be fighting as well as Jason Maloney will be in action fighting for a title. Then that night, or I should say uh, Saturday night, uh, Roly Romero, I'm sorry, Rolando, you say don't call me Roly anymore. Rolando Romero will be facing off against uh, Ismael Barroso. So, you know, got a lot of other fights out there this weekend to tune into. Just not enough time to cover them all. A full slate of combat sports uh, bouts this weekend. Voice, tell them where they can follow you at and make sure that they uh, keep in touch with you so they can follow and get those updates. It's the voice on everything. T-H-A. V is in Victor, O, Y is in Yankee, Z is in Zulu, E is in Echo. That's on all of the social media platforms that I'm on. Not on TikTok, so you won't find me there or on Snap, uh, but I do most of my work on Twitter. So get at me, uh, follow me, uh, talk to me. I love talking about the fights as they're going on, getting your opinions on how things are going. Definitely. Make sure you follow me at Mr. Teddy Farrell on all accounts. And MTMV Sports, we are also on TikTok, dropping some great uh, uh, commentary and reels every other day. Voice, take us out. Hey, um, you know, we love fighting here, and uh, we're grateful that you uh, came. But the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. So until next time, fight the good fight. Thank you.